Hey everybody, welcome to the mini-pod for the San Francisco 49ers, which is flexed to the Sunday night game, which is always not a good time. Um, I don't like those games because if you're a writer, you have to write about them and get them in at a certain time, which usually doesn't change that much based on when the game is, so um, never a fun time. Um, anyway, it's the 49ers. The Packers have actually had pretty good luck against the 49ers, generally speaking, outside of that one game that you're probably already thinking about, the famous Jerry Rice fumbled game. Um, that game was a wildcard game where the Packers were still kind of at the height of their powers, had an 11-6 season, pretty good. 49ers were no slouches. Um, they won 13 games that year. But, um, you know, Steve Young, it was Jerry Rice still there, Terrell Owens also still there at the same time. That's a good team. But super obnoxious because um, it's one of those calls where it completely decided the game. Like, there's no ambiguity about it if they get the call right. Um, the Packers win without question. If they get it wrong, the the 49ers get another chance. Yes, the Packers could have stopped them, um, but you know that's it's not how this works. It, it wasn't fair then; it's not fair now. And um, you know they, they played a pretty good game. Like Steve Young was one of the most careful quarterbacks of the, his day with the ball. They actually picked him off twice. They kept him to a 77.9 passer rating. Um, they did get gashed on the ground a little bit by Garrison Hurst. But by and large, like no receivers really beat him that bad. Owens had three catches for 73 yards and a touchdown, but if you take away that last 20x whatever yard touchdown, his game wasn't that good. Um, J.J. Stokes had um, five catches on nine targets for 58 yards. Jerry Rice was targeted four times, caught one pass for six yards. He was awful. Just terrible. Now, I know he's getting up there, but he wasn't towards the end of his career. I mean, he went on to play for two other teams and was, you know, okay for them. So, um, nice job by the Packers defense in that game for the most part. Just couldn't quite, you know, get it all the way home. Um, Antonio Freeman had 75 yards and two touchdowns in that game. He was kind of at his best. Um, Dorsey Levens had 116 yards rushing in a touchdown. A very heavy rushing game between these two teams. Um, the Packers actually kind of lost the game a little bit earlier, too, when um, Ryan Longwell, the first score of the game for them was Ryan Longwell, 23-yard field goal. Um, they had a few shots um, from the five-yard line to get a touchdown early that they didn't. They ended up having to kick a field goal, and, and you know, I hate losing points when you're that close to the goal line. It's just no fun, especially since Dorsey was having such luck. Um actually like running the ball pretty successfully so anyway super obnoxious game the Packers did get San Francisco um several times during the Farv era never really I don't think they lost any other games to them actually during the, the Farv Holmgren era um and they haven't really been a big thorn in the Packers side the Packers have done really well against them now um fast forward to the Colin Kaepernick era when the Packers couldn't stop running quarterbacks for a little while under Kippers and Kippers had no ability to adjust they got him then but that era is kind of over, too. Like, that was obnoxious. That was um, the lack of our abilities, a defensive coordinator on display. And, you know, Capers did figure it out when he started having Clay Matthews spy, and Clay Matthews was healthy enough to be on the field. But uh, it's obnoxious. The, the, there are, like, five big reasons Aaron Rodgers doesn't have another Super Bowl. And one of the big ones is just random rise in quarterback rushing and read option plays for a little bit before defensive coordinators figured it out. And they were just completely helpless. Like, honestly, Kippers' lack of ability to adjust probably should have gotten fired a lot earlier. Um, and, you know, it, it's be, bequeathed upon us the entire Colin Kaepernick saga. So, um, hooray for that. Um, anyway, this is out in San Francisco. Last time the Packers traveled out west, it did not go so well for them. Um, they're going a different day this time. Um, 
in an attempt to not get quite so badly jet-lagged, although I think they're going on Saturday instead of Friday, which seems worse. Um, I guess we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> kind of a weird decision. Anyway, this is not your average 49ers team. First of all, we've got to talk about Kyle Shanahan a little bit, who's their head coach. Matt LaFleur, he gets compared to Sean McVay a lot. That's really not true. He's much more like Shanahan than he is like McVay. Um, he does a lot of the same deception-based offense, a lot of different sets. McVay runs out of 11. Um, Shanahan runs out of a bunch of different formations. So does LaFleur. So this is going to be very familiar to everybody. Also, Shanahan, um, if memory serves was the offensive coordinator under Mike Patton in Cleveland as well. I could be wrong about that. I could be mixing up my people. Um, I guess I can Google that while I'm looking. <laughs> um, but like, th there's a lot of knowledge about the other team here. Probably nobody's going to fool anybody that well. Um, and they're going to be running very similar offenses. Now, um, all season long, the 49ers have dominated people with their defense primarily. They started off the season against a slate of not very good teams um, and they racked up by advanced stats before adjustments come in and things like that early in the year one of the best defenses of all time now so do the Patriots so it's worth noting this is kind of a weird NFL season um, there's a lot of really good teams and a lot of really bad teams and so there's a lot of skewing waiting is much harder this year than it usually is and it, it really is like until you get tested by somebody you really don't know how good or bad a team is um, it's it's frankly a little bit, it's a weird season, and it is hard to figure things out. Um, anyway, let, let's, uh, oh, that was John DeFilippo, not, maybe it was, I could be wrong about that. I, I maybe misremembered. Kyle Shanahan, I feel like, has been a pretty good coordinator, and mostly with Washington and Atlanta. Um, but anyway, doesn't matter. Not, not the point. I know that these guys have all met each other before, and all, oh, yeah, there he is. 2014, Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator under Mike Patton. Uh, so, um, anyway. The 49er defense was not tested early, and it is it is good, but it's got some injuries, and it has been much more vulnerable lately, and much more like the Packer defense than you might expect. Um, for, for a team that started out just dominating people and shutting people out, that might be funny to hear, um, but by our, our good old um, DVOA, where they really excel is in pass defense on tight ends and running backs, which, you know, that's great, but it's not where most people hit you. Now, the Packers are good at catching passes as running backs, so that's not great. Probably not a good day for Aaron Jones through the air, but they're not that great at receiving, uh, just defending receivers. They're only 14th against number one receivers. Adams shouldn't have a big issue. Um, they're only 13 against number two and 12 against slot and beyond. Um, that You know, that's it's top half of the league. It's not terrible. But receivers should be able to do some damage here. Um, and let's see. Uh, their pass rush has tapered off a bit lately. And like the Packers, their run defense isn't very good. They're in the bottom half of the league in run defense, top half in pass defense, despite what I just read you. Um, so just as a comparison with the Packers from what I just told you, the Packers are actually 11th against number one receivers, which is better. The Packers are third against number two receivers. That's Kevin King has been secretly good all year. Um, so against receivers, generally speaking, and 13th against slot, the Packers are better against receivers. Now, the Packers are terrible against tight ends. They're 18th and not good against running backs. But um, it, it's, it's, it's a, a closer... It's closer than you you would probably imagine just from what you know about these two teams. So, um, the Packers secondary is a little weird. It gets burned by big plays a lot. Um, it... it is built to get interceptions. So I, I'm actually going to write about this a little bit in Acme Packing Company this week. When I was doing my grading for the Shepherd Express, um, I was also simultaneously trying to figure out 
why this pass defense isn't better because it has good talent and it really does just seem to be burned by a few big plays a game. Otherwise, they have pretty tight coverage. It, the main, main reason seems to be that um, Jair Alexander, who you know started off like gangbusters, but has tapered off a bit lately, and Darnell Savage, who also started off like gangbusters and is still you know an athletic freak and all over the field. Um, they both take a lot of risks in coverage that get them beat. A lot of the big plays come from that. Now, there was one last week where Kevin King just didn't get the memo um, that it was man coverage in play zone, which he shouldn't have done. Um, that happens sometimes, too. There's definitely some petting miscommunications happening. But most big plays happen when Jair Alexander goes for a pick that he can't possibly get, and a guy gets behind him. It happened last week, um, against or two weeks ago, against the Chargers uh, with Mike Williams. Um, he tried to cut in front of him for an interception. It turned into a 56-yard run. Uh, he got beat deep because he got bodied out by a bigger player. And he's really been a problem. Savage, too, getting out of position in the back end has been a problem. It, it's it's not the worst problem to have for two reasons. One is that those guys are young. They will presumably get better, um, especially Savage. Um, and the other reason is Jair Alexander's dropped a lot of interceptions. If he can start catching those, then the risk starts to pay off. If he keeps dropping them and they just become passes broken up, that's a, not a good calculus. you got to balance off the big risky gambling with big splash plays on defense. So that might get better. Um, I'm hoping it gets better. It's at least a reason, some reason for optimism. The other reason is Blake Martinez just gets eaten up if he gets forced into coverage and other teams are good at making Pet and do that. He should stop that. Um, in any case, let's move on. Um <clears throat> Jimmy Garoppolo, um, formerly of the uh, New England Patriots, is their quarterback. He's okay. He actually had a pretty good game last week, but he is very much prone to throwing interceptions. The Packers will probably get a few shots in this game at picking him off. Um, so hopefully they can actually capitalize on that. Um, this will also be the second time this year the Packers face Emmanuel Sanders, who is traded from the Broncos to the 49ers. He's good. Um, he's probably their best receiver now, though there's some... There's a lot of guys who might be their best receivers. It's not a great core. It's actually a little like the Packers in that way, too. Um, there are a lot of guys who are okay. There's nobody who's great. Emmanuel is definitely the best. Marquis Goodwin's on this team. I would, At the beginning of the season, probably would have told you he's the best one on the team. Uh, he hasn't really been that this year. Um, and then there's Debo Samuel, who had a great game last week. I almost forgot about him. Um, so they can kind of beat you in a lot of ways. Um, there's not really a dominant guy. And they are prone to turnovers. Now, they like to run the ball um, a lot. That's kind of their their MO. Um, and then they, they have a lot of backs with which to do it, and they kind of change it up a lot there, too. You can't really count on them having a number one back. So it, 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 to the extent they do, it's Matt Breida. Um, he has 109 carries. I believe he's hurt. Um, he's really good uh, when he's out there, but he has been a little banged up this year. They got Tevin Coleman from the Falcons. He's a pass-catching running back, a guy that I've actually wanted for a while. Um, and he has been okay, not great, uh, but he has been a good receiver when he's actually played. He averages 9.1 yards per reception, pretty good for a running back. Um, the guy who's really exciting for them is Raheem Mostert, who's um, I, he's kind of that guy that you would like to see get more time, uh, especially in the receiving game. He has uh, 12.7 yard per, se- per, ah, per reception average, but only seven receptions on the year. I picked him up in fantasy earlier this year when he's, he, I thought he might be a PPR monster, and he was not. So um, there you go. What are you going to do? Their best player um, on offense is probably George Kittle, their tight end. Um, before last week, I know that Pro Football Focus was doing some work on their war stat, trying to figure out what positions are most valuable after quarterback. And um, by one of the metrics, Kittle was actually the most valuable non-quarterback in the league. Um 
I guess he has n- that he has fallen from grace on that, but he's excellent. So um, I'm actually not sure if he's going to play in this game yet. He missed last uh, the last game. He's been hurt. I suspect he misses this game, though there's a chance he will be back. If he's back, it's bad news for the Packers. He's a terrible matchup for them. Uh, just, just awful. They don't know anybody can cover him. If he's out, huge, huge upgrade. In fact, it probably will determine who I pick in this game. Um, if you have George Kittle in fantasy, you want to wait and see if he plays. Uh, if he plays, you want to play him. That's just a great matchup for him. Inconsistent offense. Um, it's very much helped by their defense. Um, earlier this year, I know a lot of people, myself included, I think we're comparing them to the Bears of last year. With okay quarterbacking, pretty good running game, and an excellent defense. And I think that's a good comp. Uh, with the defense kind of coming back to earth a little bit, they're much more vulnerable. So um, in the first half of the season, uh, they they held six teams in a row to under 20 points. They had a streak in there where they allowed 3-7 and 0. Carolina um, got just destroyed 51-13 um, by them. And then the last three weeks, 25 to the Cardinals. Oh, they played the Cardinals twice in the last three weeks. So I don't know what that means, but 25, 27, 26 points allowed. Um, so you, you can see, they, maybe Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury's magic, who knows. But the Seahawks jumped up and got them pretty good, too. Um, in, in, in any case, they've looked worse. And, you know, there's a lot that can go into that. But first half of the season, the Bengals are there, the Steelers without Roethlisberger. The Browns, that's who they held to three. The Redskins is who they held to zero. The Rams, who look terrible, were held to six. So they've really, competitions mattered a lot. Um, there's reason to be optimistic about, optimistic about that. So like fantasy-wise, I'd say fire up Adams. It, it's not it's not a t- as tough a matchup as it once was. Um, I don't know what you want to do on other Packer receivers at this point. No idea. I like Lazard as like a stash. I think eventually he'll turn into something. He hasn't yet. Um, I would play Rodgers in this game. I think he'll be okay. And like I said, they're not good against the run. Aaron Jones, yep, get him in there. Um, 49ers, if Kittle plays, definitely Emmanuel Sanders, probably a good play. Um, I don't know if I like Garoppolo. The Packer defense is so hard to figure out. Like He might throw four interceptions, or he might light him up for 500 yards. I honestly don't know. I wouldn't start Jimmy Garoppolo unless you needed him. Um, and Tevin Coleman, maybe not a bad go if Breda can't go. Um, <coughs> we'll have to see. Oh, Russ, Russ Dwelly, he's their backup tight end. He actually was really good last week. <laughs> so if Kittle can't go, you might want to go, since tight end is just a terrible position this year, probably go grab him. He's probably not a bad spot start, especially against the Packers and their inability to stop tight ends. Um, so there you go, fantasy-wise. Um, Richard Sherman is the number one quarterback, um, and you know you should be able to... He's, he's declined a little bit since he was his all-star Legion of Boom self, and that is why Adams is not that bad of a play. He's actually given up a lot of big plays lately. Um, This is the other Bosa team, so we saw how they did against um, Joey on the Chargers. This is Nick's team. Um, But uh, fantasy-wise, maybe not a great game just because it's unpredictable, but I kind of suspect it'll be high-scoring. So um, keep an eye on who plays and who doesn't. Like I think Dwelly's your best bet is like a sleeper, um, otherwise, it's your norms. It's Adams, it's Jones, it's Manuel Sanders. Um, I don't know if you want to take a shot on Debo, whatever. So um, I think that's kind of it. Um, we're doing a little bit of a late special podcast for the bye this week. We're going to talk about uh, Packer music, parody songs, um, things like that. Bears still suck, things of that nature. Maybe some other team songs as well. We're going to discuss whether they need to replace um, bang on the drum all day. Um, it should be a good time. We'll have a little listening party. 
So uh, check out for that later this week. Get your questions in if you have them. And um, thank you again for listening to the mini pod. Go back.